millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Australia. Today on My Millennial Money, we are doing a My Millennial Story interview. Today, we've got Fred Shabesta, the co-founder of finder.com.au. Mr. Cryptocurrency, he's done everything. You guys wanted to hear more stories about cool different people in their journey. This is a cool one. Fred's recently been put on the AFR Young Rich List. So, I didn't just interview him about like, how did you start Finder and all that stuff. We did touch on that, but I wanted to know the real Fred. How does the real Fred, a guy worth almost $200 million, manage his day-to-day expenses, manage his money, And thanks so much to Fred for taking time out of his busy day. I mean, a guy worth this much money with this much going on, he's got a lot of offers that he can talk to people about different stuff. So, on behalf of all our listeners, myself and John, thank you, Fred, for your time. We really enjoyed the chat. Fred... Shabesta. Is that how I pronounce it, Fred? Yeah. Yeah. The best star. The best star. There you go. <laughs> now, you may have heard Fred. He's just been debuted on the AFR Young Rich List 2019 at number 22 with a stellar, oh, well, let's call it 200 mil, shall we? Round it up. Round it up. <laughs> Actually, I want to ask you the accuracy of that. Because I think, you know, yeah. a lot of these people, they're private companies. It's like, what about the wealth they don't know about? Like, if zero was not accurate... And 10 was the financial review gave every part of your life, including yourself, a colonoscopy. Like, how accurate do you think those things are? I I think they are just taking a rough estimate. Um, they didn't go in through personal finances and things yeah. like that. It's yeah. more, um, you know, they can see this tangibly. And then they've discounted all that as well. Right. Um, right. And but so, they did approach you? Yeah, they yeah. came to me, yeah. yeah okay. And... Actually, at the time, we were yeah doing a, a valuation of the company. And right. then, so we had the numbers there, yeah. which was convenient. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah, good. But I mean, like those things, it's like, you know, people have multiple entities, self-managed super funds. It's yeah. like, it's a grain Stuff of salt. not in the I name think. and totally, yeah, all sorts of things. Totally. Mm. So, so we've got uh, Fred today. We're going to have a chat about many things. And so many of you have sent in your questions. And the first part of the episode, we'll just talk some, I guess structural concepts around Fred's life and mm. Finder and tech and whatnot. And then we're just going to shoot straight to your questions. Yeah. And there was hundreds of questions that came in. Sure there was. And you are one piece of hot property. <laughs> and ladies, he's not single. We, Yet. We, yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's happily partnered. <laughs> so... A bit of an American accent I'm, I'm picking up. Is, do you get that often or is that just me? Yeah, I, I think I've spent a lot of time uh, in New York um, and, you know, I say coffee and yeah, coffee comes yeah. out a little. Yeah. I, I think it's just um, I spent the last four years overseas a lot mm. um, and I um, 
I just, yeah, I tend to, I don't know, you, you adapt to your environment, I guess. Yeah, you do, don't you? You got the Aussie slang kicked out of you. I can I can turn it on and turn yeah. it up and down. However, like, because I've spent a little bit of time in the States each year, mm. probably not as much as Fred, but like, you literally, like, when you're engulfed in there and you've yeah. got no other Aussies around and mm. like, if I go and ask for a water, mm. some, and particularly in the Midwest, they're like, what? We yeah. don't have that. It's yeah. like, oh, water. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can I, um, I re- I'm just going to get my jumper. Yeah. They're like, huh? Yeah. Well, you were going to go and jump out the window. Yeah. 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 Oh, I've, I've got my thongs. Yeah. All Flip three flops. of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wrong. Whoa. This is professional Wrong. operation yeah. here, John. Gosh. Now, I'm reading a quote here. Can I read this out? Sure. Fred and I started finder.com.au because we live frugally in our first business. We learned the hard way through trial and error. The errors cost a lot. Yeah. Please explain. Um, so I would, I would contend that in our uh, first business, uh, we made every mistake that you possibly can make. Um, we had... Uh, one person actually come and steal our laptops, every single computer in the in the office, twice. Nice of them. Wow. Um, which which was super unpolite. Um, <laughs> and I lost all my photos, all my digital past, um, twice. The first time you lose it, you you, you keep it. Cloud a bit. not exist then, obviously. No cloud. Yeah. No ha- uh, way before hashtags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what type of business was that? It was a digital marketing agency. Right. Um, and and we scrapped and scraped and did everything we could to get clients mm. to uh, stay alive to um, I guess figure out how to run a company and, and and I think you know I think you talked about this just before the show the idea of when you're working in the business mm. and when you're working on your business I know I, I don't know if this is interesting for everyone listening yeah. right now or not but um, I think it's a crucial aspect right and I think we didn't know any of those differentials and um, we didn't know any of the structures to put in place. We didn't know most of the laws. We didn't know we had two, we went to court once. Um, we you know, lost a lot of money from that. We uh, had two unfair dismissals from people again, who were one was stealing from us and then took us to unfair dismissal afterwards. Wow. And that's incredible. You know, and just anyway, I won't, yeah. I won't well, I, Wow. But that's that, like, I'm rich now, so whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Suck eggs. If you're listening out there, <laughs> shout out to the bloke who tried yeah. to unfair to me. like me. eight laptops. <laughs> <laughs> and all my photos. Yeah. <laughs> you little bish. Yeah. yeah. wonder where <laughs> he is now. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think um, one time I remember I was at a party and he came in up to me and um, he said, you know, he's like being friendly. And I was like, I, I I don't know where you you can even possibly start to begin to be wow. friends. Like, so you knew who he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In an article recently, I think Jack Derwin wrote it on Business Insider. What up, Jack? You qu- you quoted to say, "I just love saving money. I've got a sixty dollar internet plan and the cheapest health insurance cover I could find." Are you a spender or saver by nature? I would say I'm an investor. Investor. Um, I I do spend money. Mm. Um, and you need to spend money. So, I, you know, I just bought another pair of these shoes. Now, these shoes... I saw them. They're cool. Um, mm. They're $363. Yeah. So, just to give you a context. Now, 
that's a lot of money for a pair of shoes you'd imagine, but these are all leather shoes. And I bought another one of these in New York City um, and they last me three years and I wore them every single day. Wow. Now, if you calculate that out, um, that's if you were to, I, I used to buy Converse. Sorry, I'm just going to give you some context. Yeah, I hope yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Totally. Um, it's about 30 cents a day. Right. And, but if you, when I bought Converse, I would actually buy several pairs because I would wear them all the way out and they would fray at the bottom and they couldn't last. Right. Now, these have been through snow. These have been through rain. I've, I've, you know, in New York City, you'd step in those massive puddles. It just, my feet don't get wet. Yeah. It's freezing. It's minus 20. My feet are warm. Um, in the in the heat here, they survive. I don't I don't know what it is, but they're mm. it's about sometimes you need to spend money uh, or invest money in in and and get value. Good stuff. This yeah. guy, he's it's what we say. Yeah. Like, do you need a another job on a podcast? I'd <laughs> love a job. Yeah. So my grandfather uh, passed away, and he had a he he. I knew there's one thing I have. Well, there's a couple of things I have for my grandfather, but one is a toaster. Now, this toaster is quite famous and um, uh, in people know of this about me. But I'll share this. This is quite a personal story, I guess. Um, There's only us two here. <laughs> yeah, no one's listening. This toaster is a mechanical toaster and it actually, it, the toast goes down by itself and then back up. There are no electronics, no computing inside it. And if you, so, it's, if you think about it, it's from the, the age before computers. Now, this toaster does this mechanically and it just keeps keeps going and my grandfather bought three of them in 1983 and i have the receipt in the piece of paper and i have his after he passed away the first thing i'd everyone went to his house and they took certain things you'll straight to the kitchen (laughs) i went straight to the kitchen and straight under the stairs because i knew he said there was a spare one and i those are the two toasters i think they're the one of the most valuable things yeah Mm. yeah and and that's just such a lesson like quality yeah just Mm. go for quality yes like if you are starting out you might have to start with converse that's all cool. That's all I could afford. But get mm. to the point where you're buying quality. Mm. Hey, in 2013, you actually quoted on saying tips on making your first million before age 30 and you're 38 now. Start young, find mentors who believe in you and can guide you. Focus 100% on your strengths. Have a savings mindset, but be frugal. Recognize that money doesn't come easy and you've got to work hard for it. Be all in and it's only a dream until you do something about it. Mm. So from 2013 to now, you still hang your hat on those words or have you added anything to those words? Yeah, I think that that was that's a smart guy. I should listen to that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, um, it's involved there if you want to have yeah, a look at the list. Start young, definitely. I, I, I think in the beginning, my mentors were all actually through books, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, some, no, I, didn't have many, I don't have any mentors in person. Um, so you, I'm happy, you know, I think digitally you can have mentors. Yeah. Um, 100% of your strengths. I don't focus on my weaknesses. I just, I actually turn the, my weakness into strengths, which is a whole other complicated thing. Yeah. Um, savings mindset's mandatory. But I think you'd probably turn that up a notch now and mm. say be an investor, not a saver. Correct. Because I'm really crap at saving money yeah. and that's why I have to invest it or it grows so, legs. Yep. Yeah. Recognize that money doesn't come easy and you've got to work hard, be all in 100%. The last one is the one that I'm, I think is if you were going to, you know, there's a value, it's five values at Finder and the third one's called go live. And that means we have a bias to putting things live on the internet. That's about getting things done. And if it's not on the internet, it doesn't exist. Mm. And, you know, I, I was talking about, um, there was this guy I met 
um, it, was a, it was at a party and I was in a bit of a rebellious mood and he came up to me um, and, you know, someone introduced me and he goes, you know, this is the guy from Flinder and I was like, I was like, you know, I, find, I don't like these conversations. I find them kind of uncomfortable. I prefer to just talk people and, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm a bit of a... I'm Fred. Yeah. Hey, yeah. like what, you know, what are you into? Let's have a chat. Anyway, this person was really dialing me up and, they, and the guy goes, no, nah, I don't, I don't, no idea. Don't know who you are. He goes, she goes, oh, that's the comparison guy. He said, oh, yeah, I remember. Ten years ago, I was working for American Express. I had this idea to build to like a credit card comparison site, you know. Um, and I was, and he goes, you know, it didn't really get around. It didn't really happen. And I was like, I was like, that's really interesting because I, about ten years ago, had an idea to put little <laughs> apples on the tine of on the back of computers. These tiny little apples. Yeah, but I never got around to it. <laughs> so. So I think, you know, that idea of um, what are you doing right now to drive your company forward mm. or to go and get your goal? I mean, right this exact second. Sure, you listen to this podcast. But after this, what are you actually going to go do? And, and, and how many of those things you're going to do, adding those together up, are you doing? Like most of the time, people, we spend like an hour a day, I reckon, max working. Mm. If you could somehow do an hour and a half or two, you're gonna, that, that's how you turn a dream into reality. So you mentioned before whole nother story turning your weaknesses into strengths but not focusing on them. Can you quickly abbreviate that? I have to tell it through a story because I uh it's probably the easiest way. Um so I um noticed in myself I um am quite I'd say quite disorganized to some extent. Um and I tend to forget things um or Actually, what's actually happening is I get super focused on something else, and I just dis- I block out ev- absolutely everything else. So it can seem like I'm disorganized and unfocused, uh, not, uh, um, just I guess, yeah, disorganized to some extent, or that I lose concentration with something to some extent. But I'm actually just completely focused on something else, and I, I block everything else out. So I realized this pattern, right? And so I actually started to turn that into a strength. Because what it can turn into, you know, I turn up late to meetings, I um, miss meetings, I miss whole events. I, you know, it's kind of bad, right? Yeah, we were actually scheduled for this at nine a.m. <laughs> and it's not joking. <laughs> um, it, it's on his watch. He can decide exactly, when he yeah. turns up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, what I realized was, is when I participated in uh, projects or, or crews, I would get really focused, and then I would lose focus and forget. And so what I did was I went, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm mm-hmm. going to forget. So I would, whenever I work with a crew, I always appoint a leader. Um, and that, has, that team has a leader. I call them Artemises and they, they will always have a leader. And it won't be me because I'm actually quite a poor leader mm. um, in, a, in a project that is in a project management sense. So because I'm going to forget about it. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to forget. So someone else is the leader. Here is all the responsibilities. Here's all the resources. If you need anything else, you know, ask me. But uh, mm. has everyone got everything they need in order to achieve this outcome? Yes, they do. And then instead of becoming the loiterer who continuously, you know, micromanages, mm. I've already forgotten. So they feel lots of autonomy and responsibility yeah, and great. really happy. Awesome. Um, whereas I, my weakness is I don't even remember what the project was or, you know, <laughs> and then I come back to it and I'm like, oh, that's right. That's a great thing. You know? So you're self-aware enough to hack your personality and mindset. That's probably the best way to put it, yeah. Are, yeah. are you aware of your Maya Briggs profile? Are you an ENTJ? ENTP. ENTP, yeah. Because yeah. I think you just... I've known you like half an hour and we're very similar yep. in our temperament and personality. 
and yeah, I just find it amazing. Yep. Do, you, do you try and start things every half hour like this bloke? So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a starter, not a finisher. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know how you feel. Um, I I found that I was aware of that as well. I, I, you know, I, I realized I'm constantly coming up with ideas. Yeah. So, instead of always putting myself into as again part of teams, because I'm constantly trying to come up with an idea instead of executing, and th- and that's why I appreciate so many people here at Finder. They, 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 they are just relentlessly continuously doing the same things and making them better whereas mm. I ha- I literally don't think I could do that yeah um, and so I appreciate everyone here so much um, so when but, but there are times when that ideation is absolutely crucial and I think knowing that is when kind of projects stall or affect the effectiveness of a tactic weakens or results aren't quite the same or um, it's kind of gone on for a long time when you need to review mm. Or when you're starting something that no one's ever done before, you need ideas, people. Yeah. Because otherwise people, you know, they're trying to just execute. They're like, there's nothing to execute. What are we going to execute? And then you need the ideas, people, to come yeah. in to try things um, and to fail um, and be okay with that and then regather and go, well, that was just a great yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah. and because I think like, because I'm, I'm a starter and this podcast was pretty much, you know, I always say you'll have a shower, you'll have 100 ideas, 99 of them suck, mm. but the one idea. So... I start so much stuff and it costs me a lot of money because you invest and dick around with it, but you make up for it on the one that actually works. Yeah, mm. and you see that through. It's like yeah. you're the um, football league in the UK or whatever mm. who signs all these 16-year-olds at 50K mm. a year for five years. You know that one of them's going to... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's like VCs, right? Yeah. You know, they've got, totally. a, they've got a, what, 100 companies and 98... 97 of them lose money. Mm. One breaks even. Um, one does okay. And the last one's an absolute smasher. Yeah. And you're probably sitting in the exact same meeting doing the exact same process and the exact same thoughts yeah. going, this one's a dog. And then it turns out to be everyone loves that. Like, yeah. I just don't think they can pick it. Yeah. No. yeah. So, I'll, I just want to move before we get into the listener questions and talk a little bit about Finder and your personal vibe and life and money and all that stuff. I'm not sure when this episode will go up. We've, we've recently done one with business structures and whatnot, and it's before or coming very soon after. And we talk about companies and private companies and listed companies. Now, Finder is 100% a private entity. Is Finder a company structure or is it a unit trust? How is the actual entity set up? Uh, so, uh, it's actually personally held. Personally held. What's the vehicle in uh, it's just a company. Okay, so it's a company. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's a proprietary limited company yeah. uh, and we won't go into it because you've got a co-founder and there could be other shareholders, but your own personal shares, is that owned by a, a discretionary family trust? Do you have another bucket company that owns those finder shares? How does um, that work? <clears throat> no, I, I, it is an issue. I Yeah, I um, currently personally hold them. Wow, that's funny because Mm. we talked about that with this business podcast that with business planning, you know, you've got a big problem on your hand with tax possibly one day. Yes, so um, for for certain reasons, we changed the structure. It used to be held as a, in in sort of a shell company Um, and um, we we had to change that basically. Um, and I kind of just write it up as it is what it is. 
Yeah. You We're know, here now. Let's deal with it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be, you know, as I said, I'm as much as, um, you know, people can, um, you know, I guess look at me as, a, a, as someone who's a, an entrepreneur and, you know, and obviously I get to financially benefit. The Australian people are going to benefit so much from Finder. It's not even funny. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of tax that Finder pays to the Australian government uh, to fund, you know, roads and schools and yeah. all these kind of things will be fantastic. So, you know, I actually see it as almost partly a public company, really. You're giving. You're right. very giving person. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> there's this part of me where it's like, you know, we're a capitalist society. You pay your legal amount of tax. You contribute. You almost employ 400 people. So, I would never apologize for that. And I wouldn't I would even tell you to stop even justifying any of that stuff that you said yeah. now to our listeners. Yeah. Because, you know, look at Bill Gates, for example. I've just watched the Netflix documentary on him. The amount of things that he's done that's changing the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hats off to you and, yeah, good on you. So Thank you, Glenn. I uh, appreciate that. That's all right. But going forward, like owning shares personally mm-hmm. with other ventures, are we talking about other entities? Yeah. So then, then in that structure, I would I do um, have a family trust, and it it holds my now going forward my shares. Yeah, perfect. In yeah. Entities. Yeah, sweet. Um, and that was yeah. I guess I I wish I I suppose I think there's a question here about mistakes. Yeah. Um, that's probably one I should have done in the beginning, but I, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. You're here now. Let's. Yeah. Do you have a an estate plan and will set up for you personally? I do. Yep. Yep. And when... Because you've got two kids. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How two old are they? 10 and 6. Oh, fun age. Yeah, great age. Uh, were you aware that you need to have that in place like when you got out of high school? Was it when you started to get this thing rolling? Was it when you had kids? Um, so, I confess I only just set up my will I think this year. Right. Um, yeah, I'm 38 and that was probably yeah. a bit late. Because that's common, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's just, yeah, we'll get to it. It's boring. Yeah. It's- yeah, I actually bought a wheel kit once, like a long <laughs> yeah. time ago. And <laughs> $19 or something. Yeah, off the radio. It was a direct marketing ad and I was like, I was driving along and I just called up and go, I'll Yes, I need to buy one. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I, I don't think I've seen one that's executed correctly ever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, well, I don't know if I should do that. Yes, you know. But um, and then every time I would about to go fly on a plane, I was go- I'd get really scared, and I'd write to my sister and I said, um, I write an email and say, this is my will, in you know that you're going to take over this and give it to my daughters, and I would just <laughs> yeah. write something, yeah. and you know, I don't know, that was probably, I don't know if that's legally binding at all, but yeah. Um, you know, I think it's something that is when you have children. Um, and another thing that happened was I I was traveling last year. Uh, sorry, at the I did over the I have a family Christmas holiday go on, and my right hand and arm got pins and needles, and I couldn't feel my hand. Um, and I went and had you know several tests, and I had an MRI, um, and. Um, well, that they, I thought well, you know, I had a brain tumor. I was or gonna, MS or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something pretty serious, yeah. right? Um, and then I, I found out my actual my spine was impinging upon my co- uh, spinal cord, or you know, whatever it was. It was only one side, and it was okay to some extent. I just had to rest and be careful. But the amount of fear and thoughts that I had mm. from that experience compelled me to go 
all right, we need to go and sort this out today. Mm. Mm. Yeah, wow. Do you own your home or do you rent? I own my home. Do you have a mortgage? I have a... Uh, I, I have uh, technically I have a mortgage, but it is fully um, yeah, just sitting there, offset, squared. offset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about the colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just the people want to know. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's in Sydney for our uh, listeners. Yeah, it's in Sydney. Um, so I've got one last type of question before we get into listener questions. So, loosely speaking, if someone's worth two hundred million dollars, and I assume the lion's share of that is in Finder. Okay. You don't have to comment. Um, 5% of that, let's just call it 10 mil a year, if you were to to draw that. Um, You might take a bath and pay $5 million in tax. 5 million net. Are you drawing, are you living off five, are you drawing that much a year? No, 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 I wouldn't. That's, I guess, it's, a, it's that's an equity valuation of yep. the enterprise of the shares. Sure. Um, and it, whether it pays dividends or whatnot, so. Yeah, that's just, they're, they're, they're completely disconnected. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, because so, I just want to drive home that you're, you're worth, you know, $200 million or whatever yeah. the AFR has made up. You're not living off no. $2 million a year. You do what you want and live comfortably, but it's not private jets and all that. No, no, I'm not. No, I think there are people who, um, you know, they've they've had generations of family wealth and they have huge portfolios of passive income, you know, oil wells and buildings that just pay, you know, and then they've over they've passed that over three or four generations. Particularly in America, you see that. In New York City, you know, you see people who, I don't know, they're in restaurants at, you know, twelve o'clock on a Monday, every day, or yeah, you know, five hundred dollar bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and you know, and you think, where did this come from? And you've got to remember that they've passed effectively generational wealth yeah. on, and people have worked hard to make that happen. So I, I I commend them, and I and I think you know it's great. But I think where I'm at personally, yeah, I haven't. I'm that like I would say my product. I'm probably second generation. You know, my, my parents worked very, very, very hard um, to, to give me, you know, a great schooling and things like that. I bet your family's proud. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Very well grounded, isn't he? Mm. Like sitting here, black round neck t-shirt on, like just having a boys chat, not uh, no preconceptions, no airs of grace or anything. It's just mm. let's have a chat and like... For we could say, well, a guy worth two hundred million, he can do what he wants, right? Yeah. So, but very well grounded in uh, in the way you come across. Uh, firstly, I want to say thank you, John, as well. That was very kind of you. No I appreciate problem. that. Um, You're a good kid, John. We might thanks. keep you, right? Um, can we keep him? We can. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate it, but because like, I think I um, I sometimes do a bad job of acknowledging and um, recognizing people and what they've done. And so I think it's that's being grateful is I think a real source of happiness. So you must be mm. you must enjoy life. That's yeah, but career. you must get that a lot, do you? Like when when people know who you are, um, they must say, "Well, it's just Fred to us," sort of thing. He's not he's not trying to be someone that he's not. 
he's he's still the guy we grew up with. He's uh, when when I meet him for the first time, he's he's not hasn't got this arrogance about him. Do you, you know what I mean? Like the, you see so many that. Uh, reach uh, a monetary value that all of a sudden try to act in a different way. I think that comes back to, um, yes, I think that there are people, um, so I have this, and maybe I can share this in, in more of a instructive way, hopefully this is instructive, that um, I try and work on three things um, to be my best mental, physical and emotional self. And the aspect I think you're talking about there is emotionally growing um, to such a point where uh, I think you're talking about a couple of things around uh, feeling worthy, feeling entitled, feeling uh, certain things, and that comes out and projects out in Mm -hmm. such a way. And I think, yes, you're right. I think a lot of people don't go and do that emotional work and um, can sort of handle and manage that. Mm. And it's something, which I, I have an emotional coach, so just, you know, yeah, right. I don't think naturally I'm good at that. Um, mm. But I do, you know, it, I think that's where it comes from. It's actually yeah. a lot of work to do that. Yeah, right. Interesting. And I guess like you're about to go to Sri Lanka. I mean, there's probably, going out on a limb, mm. people in that country and people in this country who go to bed every night without a freaking shelter over their head mm. and food in their tummy. So... Shut up. Yeah. Like, no one is above anyone else. 100%. Mm. So, we might go to some questions now, if that's okay. Jessica Ann asks, what's the most frivolous thing that you've ever spent money on? (laughs) Frivolous. Um, And while you're thinking, when you go to the States, business, premium, economy, or economy? Economy all the way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, just like, <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> just my set because I just can't sit at the back of the plane cramp like Oh, uh, I um yeah, my my knees hit the hit the, sh- the hit the chair as well, but I think there's a um I'd prefer to put the money in my cruise pockets not in not in my my, you know, that's where I want the money. Um I just want, you know, I want people to know that there's no, you know, we're here for the crew, we're here for the for the business. And just because ever and everyone flies flies economy in Finder, um, and you know, I think it's part of the mindset. It's about you know helping people save money. Most frivolous thing, um, I, I, jeez, I, <laughs> I don't tend to buy extremely frivolous things. I, I rented a boat once for a day. I don't know if that counts, but I, you know, it was, it was a, it was. Um, I came back. I'd been overseas for a long time, and I hadn't seen my friends in a long time. I, I think I spent f- about five thousand dollars to rent this very nice boat out in Sydney Harbour. I think it's what the harbour's all about here, right? It's probably one of the best things of Sydney. Um, and we had a great day. Actually, it was an incredible day, and, and I made a lot of friends for a long time from that as well. Um, so I don't know if that's frivolous. I guess it kind of is. It was it was a very 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 nice boat. Mm, yeah, not a sailing boat as well. I'm not sailing. Yeah. Just another question and someone asked in the group, but it's not on this list, like you've got some money in your life and have you helped your family out with anything financially? Yeah, I, um, it's, it's sort of not, not, not as much directly, but sort of passively, yeah. if that makes sense. Because I don't think people like to be, you know, just given money. I think it's about, you know, I... You know, um, my kids do. 
Okay. <laughs> I love getting, yeah. They love getting pocket money. <laughs> I, I think when, if your siblings, yeah. you know, um, you can, I just think it's best to do it in a, in a passive way. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I tend to pay for family meals. Um, not all the time, but, you know, I try to. I, I mean, um, it can probably, like a, an example, if you gave somebody a million and a half dollars mm. to live in, I'll just pick a Beecroft, for example, okay? Northern part of Sydney, mm. nice leafy area. If they don't have a Beecroft vibe, life, and then they've given a home straight in Beecroft, it could actually hurt them more because mm. they might think they need to spend money on other stuff. They might, yep. like it's just, mm. it, it can be, I mean, and I've seen it happen with clients and friends and families, you know, a lot of wealth can actually do more yeah. harm. Yeah, and when, when you... Lifestyle yeah. creep. When you haven't Absolutely. put a value on it either, you've just been handed it, like yeah. it's not maybe the, the best rule to, to roll with, is it? Mm. Mm. Olivia asks, do you still use a budget or do you just spend whatever? Um, so, I, I have a... I didn't realize this was a thing, but I, I sort of naturally do it. But I get all of my salary and I deposit it into a savings account. And then I slowly leak it into my transaction account. So immediately, I believe there are two ways of budgeting. One is some people write budgets, like actual spreadsheets. And the other one is people, they do, um, you, you tuck money away. You, yeah. you, you tie yourself away and you can't spend it anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just the way I do it. I've always done it. And I have different accounts for different things. And what, if they're in certain accounts, they're for investing and um and there are other ones that are just for living. Yeah. And then I sort of have the two separate monies and I, I live off certain money and then that's it. That's all the money there is. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. So you just quarantine different types of money. Mm. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Kate, uh, my friend who works at Flower & Co, because I was prepping this episode yesterday over a coffee, and I said, what would you ask a filthy rich capitalist pig? And <laughs> that's for tomorrow's episode. Uh, <laughs> do you donate to charity at all? You know, I um, I don't. Um, I um, find charities uh, very challenging. Um, I donate my time to charities. Um, I donate to my time to um, entrepreneur, young entrepreneur events. I do a lot of speaking. Um, I give cash directly to people on the street. I'll just walk up and put, you know, $50 in someone's cup and Hopefully they're not there tomorrow. They're, they're in some sort of better way. They have a good night's sleep. Yeah, I just personally find the admin the the whole. Du, du, you know, I find it challenging not being able to directly give. I think yeah, it's I'm, I'm with a, you. I'm a direct to customer kind of do, guy. Do you uh, read books ever? I, I read a lot of books. Yeah. I've I've got a book that's under embargo until uh, December, and it's by Peter Singer, and he talks about the life you can save. And he talks about effective altruism and he actually has the best charities in the world to give mm. and with administrative stuff. Mm. And it's very interesting. There's a website that ranks them. Yeah. It, I, I, that's, I think it's his website. Okay. Because I'm on the podcast and our listeners, we always say you just always need to doing three things with your money, give some, save some and spend some. Yep. And it's about getting the most bang for your buck with your giving. Yeah, so I mm. think with giving, um, I try and I try and so there was this when I was in, um, I was listening to this this guy speak about he makes his his water company. Uh, they they 
I'm not sure. They give charity a, water. Charity water. Yeah, yeah, out of New um, York. Yeah, and yeah, and there's another guy talking about water, and I, and I was I got interested in water, and then I got interested in another guy was telling me about um, about his ideas about how to um, make impact in in whatever it is, and instead of coming and giving someone um, you know a whole lot of water, go and create a fountain. Yeah, dig a well. Dig a well or something. Give them and, a shovel. And so whenever I try and give, I will either give knowledge, which you know is pretty hyper valuable, I think, yeah. that I've learned over 20 years of business to create a well for them to make money. Yeah. So it's probably more, that was probably a quant question where the quality <laughs> question, is that the word? Qualitative yeah. question is, how do you help people less fortunate? Mm. And you've answered that. Yeah, I think, I, I, I have this another. Th- I will. I do want to set up a charity in the future, um, and what it's going to do is take secondhand computers um, and rebuild them. It's just an idea I have, by mm. the way. So mm. forgive me. This is just me speaking. I normally would never speak my ideas like this, but yeah. I'm going to say it. But it is. It would. It would take computers, um, secondhand computers, uh, remake them and give them to people who you know need to start businesses. Yeah. Nice. Um, and because Finder, we use a lot of computers, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have, we have a lot of computers and we have a lot over. of people, right? And we turn over a lot of a lot of computing. And I, I and I thought, well, there's going to be a lot of other tech companies here. And I thought if I could bring them everyone together, yeah. And we could give these computers that we essentially either sell or throw out, mm. which is kind of bad. But they're actually great computers. Yeah. Um, yeah, computers I think actually last a lot longer than they used to absolutely. to some extent. Um, so. Something like that, where again, I think I think I, I, my, my mindset on giving is to create wells, yeah, mm. not just give water. Yeah, yeah, love that. We heard it here first. There you go. Are you Windows or Mac guy, or both? You can be both, I guess. Um, I was a thirty-one year hardcore Windows guy. Yeah. Um, I can build a computer from scratch from pieces. Yeah. Um, but I am now a hardcore Mac guy for. Com- uh, work computing. Yeah. Um, for gaming, I have a I have a gaming machine for PC. I unfortunately don't get to play it as much as I would yeah. like. Um, but I have some reasons for that. I don't know if it's that's of interest. Yeah, I, yeah let's yeah. go there. I think that Macs are just much easier to maintain um, from a uh, technology and IT support perspective. Um, Finder had. Uh, we still we currently have 1.5 IT support people in a 390 person company. Wow. Yeah, wow. And I think that's because we're majority Mac. Yeah. And that's so. So I'm removing. So just so you know, I am PC or Mac. I don't mind. Uh, I'm 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 open to both. I love both of them, and we offer both of them. But from a work perspective, I don't want people to be dealing with technical problems. I just yeah. want them to be able to do their work and be free to do them. And mm. so. Um, I actually see it as just a business decision, not not a bias, because I love both. I love yeah. both machines. Yeah, Jeremy Drakeford asks, "Would you be open to adopting a thirty-year-old child?" <laughs> Going to go out on a limb and say, "Not at this time." Um, I mean, do you need a housekeeper? <laughs> Au pair. Um, I'm I'm not sure whether I'd. Uh, legally adopt a 30-year-old child. I'm sure their parents would be, you know, I'm not sure if that's be the best thing. Um, and I'm not sure if they're a child anymore, but um, 
you know. Uh, it's good that you thought about that answer because I would have just said no. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think like, you know, where's that? What's the question here? I think he wants you cash. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I'm right, reading. Right. I, I, you know, I don't think, you, I think, you know, we said, we talked about this before, but I, if you just got given money, I don't think you'd feel yeah. it. Yeah. It just, it, you know, the world has lots of expensive things and more and more and continuously in infinite length of expensive things that you could spend your money on faster and faster in this world. Mm. There is no amount of things that you can buy to make yourself happy. Yeah. No. The episode that went out today, at the time of this recording, I said, you can buy fun, but you can't buy happiness. Interesting. Um, Or would it be you can't buy contentment? Yeah, it's... I think you can... Like... You know, you can you can spend some money and have a big smile um, and enjoy yourself, mm, but you could still go home alone and mm. sad. Yeah, and I think I think yeah, if you if you don't minutes, feel yeah. after that like you've so if you isolate that experience to being a happy experience as one thing, and then separate that from the rest of your life fundamentally, that's actually what you're talking about there. And yes, you can't fix your life just purely continuously spending money you could you didn't a lot of it mm-hmm. but um well it's got to be long lasting doesn't it like right. it can't be just for one day and it and the next day we wake up and we've got that same crappy feeling as the day before yeah mm. and that's that comes you need, back to that's purpose. when you need your own dr conrad to give you some sleeping stuff <laughs> like the MJ, mj got <laughs> who Michael Jackson. Oh, he had his I'm, Dr. Conrad not, who gave him the oh, scripts that he needed. I'm sorry. I'm not as good with pop culture. I'm terrible. Yeah. No, that's right. <laughs> hey, I'm laughing to myself. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. <laughs> this is an interesting one. Yana Dell, she wrote, at what point of wealth did you stop seeing an increase in happiness following our little discussion? Mm. Like, did you get to a critical mass where, you know, I mean, yeah, you can be happy, but was there a point that's like, I'm worth a million dollars and now I'm worth 200 mil, it actually didn't change my vibe. So, I, I don't think my, my wealth had anything has anything to do with my happiness. The, the two are completely disconnected for me personally. I think there's an aspect of recognition you get from, you know, some, something being worth a certain amount of money and I think there was an aspect where I was unhappy because I hadn't achieved something not unhappy, you know, not as happy as you know, feeling recognized to myself. Mm. And yes, I think there was an ailment. And I think once it gets to a certain, you know, solid number, I think you feel, you know, I've really, really worked hard and for a long period of time and dealt with so many problems and taking lots of risks and dealt with those downsides and upsides and um, celebrate the wins and, you know, the amount of, it's it's a long, arduous journey and I'm the one who's, you know, come in on Saturday morning to do X, Y, and Z and to keep the company going, whatever it may be, you know, being the last one there. And a lot of people here have done that as well. Um, and all of that summiting together the grind and you get some recognition for it afterwards, yeah, I did definitely feel. And and as that, you know, the more and more you know pressure you apply upon yourself, the higher you go to seek and achieve your goals and you go and get them, I feel amazing about that. Yeah. So, how important do you think 
money was at the start of the journey like you is it was it were you building a business to prove something to yourself were you building a business for uh, i don't know uh, fill a gap in the market because you had this entrepreneurial mindset what what where was money in all of that early days so i think um yeah i suppose there was a level where i felt personally financially comfortable and then you know once you sort of I guess, you know, you, you own your home. Yeah, and that was going to ask me, did it actually, once you own your home outright with cash or whatever, and a human level, that's your chunk of the world? 100%. And it gives you, you're like, okay, cool. I'm If I fall all the way back, I'm going to yeah. fall to here. And, you know, I can, I, but, but, you know, that's just, that's a real strange mindset you could imagine to have in, but it's true, right? People think that. And I think that was a key level bar. But going further back again, because a lot of people want to start their own business because they think they can make more money. Mm. And it's driven by finances, not necessarily anything else. Mm-hmm. Was it ever on your mind early days to say, well, I want to make a million dollars or was there a dollar figure out there for you? Yeah, I I, I think that is definitely one part of it. I, I'm, I think I'm happy to... You know, say that I think I do have a financial drive, and I, I think the other thing is it's so. Let's just put this in perspective from an investment perspective. When you're building your own business, that is extremely high risk, um, and you're taking all that risk. And because you're taking all that risk, you have the opportunity for a much higher return. You also have the opportunity for a very lower downside risk as well. So, so putting those two things together, I was very, I am very conscious and actively aware of what I have done and the decisions I've made over time. But I'm, I lent into that yeah. and said, "Yeah, I'm up for this, and I do want to achieve a, you know, a, a very, you know, a very comfortable um, lifestyle." Um, but, but I think that's that was sort of you're right. I think the question was right. There was a point where it, it kind of went past that, yeah. and then I had to kind of. That was my purpose initially. Then I've had three purposes and I have a, I actually have created a new one actually. Um, I, I don't know if it's interesting to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first purpose I had, I think, was I wanted to um, uh, you know, make a million dollars and drive my Bentley in home and show my parents and go, you know, you don't have to go to, you know, you can do whatever you Did want you in life. Did you getting the Bentley? No, I have no Bentley, no. What car do you have? I drive a 300C, a 12-year-old 300C. I look, it's partial, it's got, it's got hail damage. It's, <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, and a lot of people give me a lot of grief about my car, um, but I don't care. Yeah. Um, because my car gets me from, you know, Tamarama to, to the city and back, um, I, I don't own a fancy car. Mm. I don't see it as the, the, the highest leverage thing I can do. And I don't feel, and this sounds strange, but I don't feel financially that would be the best investment to make at my life stage. Um, I could rent a car and I feel that experience for, for a while and I'm happy to do that. Mm. But I don't think that's a key investment to make. Um, hear what he's saying here. <laughs> I've got two cars, but I'm a car guy. I love cars. But if you love, you know, if that gives you lots of happiness, and that's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. shut up, I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. But that's great. And I think for me, I you know, I drive slow. Um, I yeah, I'm a slow driver. I don't like driving that fast. Um, my two little girls fit in the back. They love the car. It's got a great stereo. Mm. Um, it's an American car built yeah. on a German base. Chrysler's right, it, but it the was cops a f- have them now. 
Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they're like driving a big lounge. Yeah, it's a wedding cake. Yeah, totally. which I love it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I invested more in my home. You know, I probably went well and truly overboard with my place. But and it's probably, I guess it's kind of quite a good investment, but... Got to live somewhere. I, yeah, and you got to live somewhere, but also that's, the, that's what I wanted. I wanted to wake up and look at the ocean. I wanted to, wanted to invite my, my, my friends around and for them to, you know, experience a great time. That's where I get a lot of satisfaction. And my, little, my, my two little girls, they, they love where they live. You know, they're near the beach. That's, you know, I put, I put my money in, in that rather than into my, my, my car. And, and I know I cut you off from driving the um, Bentley to your parents' house, but it just so yeah. speaks to... We all run our own race. Mm. It's none of anyone else's freaking business. Yeah. And you do you. As Oprah said, find your truth or whatever. Like it's... Yeah, your own values. So, we, you know, people talk about... I, the other purposes I have, and then I was... I'll quickly... You yeah. know, I, I said, now I want to create a company which... Um, so, so, my first business, we sold that when I was 26, um, you know, and that was... I thought that was, you know, it was a big day to, you know, we sold off about $1.3 million. So it's not a massive sale, la, 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 whatever, you know, but it's, it's still good. And we worked really hard. Like it was, yeah, probably did a lot of health damage as well. That's probably another episode in that. It probably, when you do an autopsy of the effort and all that, it was probably yeah. a bad deal. Probably a bad deal. It's a bad deal, John. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad but, deal. Yeah, that's interesting when you say there was, you couldn't have made any more mistakes than couldn't. you made and you've still... Got out of it uh, reasonably okay. Yeah, and that company still continues on today. Yeah, yeah which is legacy. It's good. So then the second purpose was to um, create a company that made money by itself, um, and I felt that was you know that that I feel um, sorry that was probably the third one. The second one was actually to make more money than my parents, which is I don't know if they should, if they were ever to listen to this they had that feel about Shout that. Shout out, mum and dad. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but they inspired me to do that, right? And I actually think I, I'm grateful for them to do that and I don't know whether that's the case or not today I don't look at the exact numbers but it doesn't actually matter it doesn't actually matter it's just what drives you and if yeah. you feel purpose from that that's great and then I got to the point where I was like okay that, I'm kind of done with that then make a company that makes money by itself I feel yep cool fine I kind of when, when we were just an Australian company we are kind of done I was like not actually really involved I was like oh I feel weird um, and that kind of was done and then I sort of drew the line and then I didn't have a purpose for a long time and I became unmotivated I became uninspired um, and confused, to be honest. Um, this is a long story, but I think, you know, mm, it's value. The, 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 where I got to and now is my purpose is to inspire and challenge people to do incredible things. And I realize that's my purpose. Yeah. I, I, I represent that. I stand for that. I've done that. I, I am a product of that, of someone who persists and doesn't give up and, sets high standards and continuously betters themselves and, you know, continuously raises the bar of expectation and quality um, to go and do things that you want, ultimately want to do in your life, regardless of whatever anyone else is telling you uh, or saying to you. or and, and like you said, you know, your own journey, right? Yeah, great. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, there's a, an ancient proverb that says, where there's no vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. So you've always got to have something you're aiming for. Mm. Because the more people you help, Fred, the better you'll do by default. That's feel good, isn't it? Yeah. I, and that, that's what, you know, you talk about what do I give back? I try and help people be the best version of themselves by inspiring them and challenging them. Mm. And I feel I'm a representation of that. It's like, 
and this is what I'm, if you were to, I'll paint a more visual picture so it'll make it easier. I'm trying to be like Russell Crowe with Rabbitohs. Yeah. Russell Crowe doesn't touch the ball, doesn't speak to the managers, doesn't play with the players. Yeah. But he, he pulls just, some big levers. Yeah, and he just yeah. represents Rabbitohs. Yeah. You know, and I represent what it means to inspire and challenge yourself um, and, and create and be and master what you're doing. And I hope everyone mm. feels that. And I'm working on that as well. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, that was a long story to answer you. No, no, it's yeah, good yeah. because um, I think people get. Um, caught up in the whole day-to-day daily grind why are we doing this and you said you got lost for a number of years which is great to hear because it's not all a plain journey and you're always thinking about how much money's in the bank and all those sort of things it's mm. it's what's going to fulfill you and and make it real for you and yes. motivate you to the next phase of your life like you're 38 it's uh you you've got the next 10 years to think about and then the next 40 after that mm. yeah we'll finish and a lot of the questions that people sent through, like I've, I've got a page of questions here, but we've kind of answered all of them um, in a weird way. But I'll finish with two questions. Mm. Um, the first one, <laughs> I saw an ad on Foxtel for finder.com.au. How's that working for you? So Why wouldn't you spend money on a podcast sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper. It's cheaper. So... Um, I uh, so a couple of things. One is um, you're not the marketing manager. <laughs> what? Well, so I I um our our marketers they do a, you know an incredible amount of work about analysis and things yeah. like that and and spend and efficiency and it's very hard um, to build a brand right now. Totally in in in, um, in the fragmented media scape we're in. Like, how do you get your name out there and? You've got money, you need to spend money, but how do you effectively do that? It's it's very challenging. So mm. we're trying our best. Yeah. Um, the thing which I think is instructive from that or interesting is number one, that you saw the ad. That was good. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, number two, I'm hoping that you remembered part of the jingle. That's the other part I'd hope if, if not. I didn't. Yeah. To be and, and I that's what I've got when I think of Finder. Right. It's, it's not what Finders does for me. It's yep. the jingle. Yep. I mean, like, because I, I saw the ad because uh, I only have Foxtel for the car races and actually went to cancel it the other day and they gave me a discount. Yeah. Um, but I will still cancel it because I'm on KO now. And I just instantly thought, interesting that the blanket approach when you can do so much targeted stuff. Mm. So... Um, but I guess there is probably a demographic that watches Fox. Well, it's probably a combination of both. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so let me just give this some context here as well from a marketing strategy perspective here is uh, you could imagine we spend the majority of our money on targeted ads. Like yeah. We've digitally, we, we spend a lot of money um, and retargeting and all sorts of different things, right? And Finder is, you could look at it partially as a, it's a very big marketing company. Mm. Um the broadcast advertising is to raise the awareness. Sure. Not only of Finder, but of the category. So so just to give you context, in the UK, which is another market we compete in, 60% of UK people compare when they get a bill. Mm. Only about 20% in Australia. Yeah, right. Wow. Right. So, so most green. people- Right. It's, it's just the category itself being aware. So just straight up above the line. Above the line. Awareness. Like, like compare. Yeah. Like yeah. go and find and compare, you yeah. know, like just compare. No, no, the, the reason I, and I've like, it just, the reason I want you as a show partner 
and I'll be very candid because we're all about not telling people to do one thing. Mm. We're all about, no, we'll educate you enough yeah, to make your value. own decision. Yeah, I love that. Like, yeah. uh, we are not your guru. Mm. Things change. You've always got to have a healthy level, level of skepticism. Yeah. Mm. And that's why I'm about, just got to, the information's out there. I love it. I, I think um, we should go and talk with my digital marketing. Yeah. Manager. But anyway, a <laughs> serious. Yeah, just yeah. quickly uh, on that whole Foxtel thing. Is it is a part of that that says, well, we just still need to remain relevant and, and we need to be across all forums? So, I have a theory about advertising. Obviously, I have my theories about marketing advertising in a large degree. And I I do join the um, planning meetings of um, our strategy. And to give context as well, I actually get very, very involved with the creative. Mm. It's interesting because I actually – it's just a small thing that I love to do um, is make ads. I, yeah, I love right. ads. I love writing the words and – how it's communicated and how it makes people feel and um, I, just, I love that aspect. Mm. It's a small part of me that I keep, I still keep, get to do, which is fun. Yeah. Um, and my theory on the ads there, um, so I think there are a few things that are still alive with TV. So I'll talk about, so I look at each medium in and of itself. Um, so with TV, I think sport is still alive. Mm. So that's probably why Fox Sport um, I'm assuming that's where it was. Yes. Um, the news. Um, I think people, when some big, big event happens, they'll turn on the news, they'll watch yeah. even a current affair and even 60 minutes to some extent. And that is because that information is, you just want to digest it quickly. And I just want to get a, a hit when something big happens. You don't watch it every day, but it's it's a good reliable place to get a good summation of what's going on in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. But a- apart from that, um, there are these shows, you know, the... My Kitchen Rules and the, um, I think we did really well. We sponsored Married at First Sight. Um, oh, do you mean Disposable TV? <laughs> um, right. And, and I, don't, I don't actually have a... I don't actually watch television. We sponsored the NRL as well. We we're on the field. Yep. Um, again, sport. That's my theory about this. But if you look at the trend, right? Sports going direct. Movies are going direct. Everything's going direct to the customer. It's, it's, and, and so that, that, that's, again, providing an even bigger challenge to us. Mm. So the last remaining bastions of where you can broadcast a message, are, I think, yeah, that's sport yeah. and news areas and these, like you say, disposable TV channels, which is super... I didn't realize they're super... In, that people love them. Oh, yeah, that's they a, um, crazy. But I, I, yeah, I, I personally, I, you know, I don't have Foxtel. I don't actually have my TV connected. I don't have an aerial into my, my TV um, I, I, I watch purely streaming TV. I'm, I actually am not on Facebook. Um, I killed my profile in 2012. You know, I, I guess I live it slightly differently to that extent, but I look for fundamental, uh, patterns of consumption, um, in media by people. And I think sport is still one, you know, I watched the NRL grand final. I, I hadn't watched NRL in a very, very long time. But I actually watched it on my phone because mm. I couldn't have I didn't have a TV and mm. I couldn't plug into anything. I didn't mm. know it, I didn't even know what channel it would be on, which is kind of strange. Apparently, there are new channels in Australia, <laughs> um, but um, that was how I consumed it. It was the only way I knew how to definitely get it, and I was lucky that they they did provide it for free. I was, I, and I found the experience quite fascinating because um, I realized there's so much tribalism around sports still. Mm. It's strong. Massive. It's a, it's a it's a it's an aspect of humans that I don't think will 
go away for a very long time. I, I was thinking about the, f- so I think about a lot of trends. Mm. So I, I don't know if this is of interest, but a, some some future forecasting of, of things, which I think is going to be big. Um, so there are two trends, which I think, you know, I look at things and I go, will they last? So I'll just finish off with sport. My, my, my theory on sport is it's going to take a long time before the, the physicality of humans will go away. Yeah. I think the Melbourne Cup is actually on the decline. I don't know if you guys have mm. felt that in Australia. I don't think it's as interesting as it used to be. I, I think people have, have sort of gotten over it a I bit. I personally don't care for it. Well, I think the international dominance has maybe contributed to that as well. Obviously, the uh, safety of the sport and all that thing has combined with that. Yeah, but I think I don't right. know how they call it a sport, but whatever. But but I think I think the <laughs> the like horses have become so disconnected from our everyday reality mm. that we are racing horses. Like in the 2019, when was the last time you saw a horse? Like, like it is mm. just. Let's do freaking drone racing, right? Drone racing or robots fighting each other. Sure, I can. You know, you know, or even I. You know, more people watch esports than they watch the Melbourne Cup probably now, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's interesting in and of itself. But let, let's put that to the side. I think the future of money and where people are going is, um, I think people are going to abandon the idea of purchasing a house, um, taking on large amounts sums of debt. Um, and in preference, they're going to focus on creating large portfolios of passive income. And what they're going to then do is become geographically free. Uh, it, they already are free. They're going to, um, and there's, um, there's a small, small portion of people who, you know, they call them digital nomads and things like that already. But I actually think that's going to become a much bigger reality, much bigger mm. class of people. And, and the reason for that is that I think people actually want to work hard, really hard, and they mm. want to earn a lot of money, mm. but they actually want to be free as well. Yeah, These two things happening. here are all I need to make income. It's a H6 Zoom with some microphones and a laptop. Brilliant. Yeah, and it's already happening, isn't there? In, in London, New York, the disconnect of people trying to buy their first home is just out there, so they're going to be renting for the rest of their life, So, but it, which as a default gives them flexibility. Right. And then so if you lean into that mm. and you stop trying to um, aspire to that and go, okay, why don't I just get a whole lot of passive income and I can move between countries, pay way less than my actual rent mm. um, and eventually I build up such an asset or you have a big windfall in some some small investment that you've made mm. that then you go and buy a property. Correct. Um, mm. <clears throat> because flip you, it. Yeah. yeah, flip the whole thing upside down. Don't commit to a low... Yeah, capital growth. I thing. mean, flip the whole thing upside freaking down. When your parents fall mm. off the perch, then go and buy a house with their inheritance. Like, mm. yeah, which is thankfully I got taught that at eighteen. Mm. The reverse effect of what the great Aussie dream perceivably is. We need to let mm. Fred go. But what are you most uh, bullish on at the moment? If there was one thing over the next five years, tech, not tech. I am. Very bullish right now on the changing nature of financial technology. Um, you can see it right now; it's starting to happen in a in a in a big way. Um, you got these new banks coming up. I think there are new payment methods. Yeah, and I'm all in on on, on investments around that. Um, I think um, Facebook will be down, and Google is going to go up. Um, I think people are leaving Facebook. I think people are still are, are using Google in all sorts of new ways than they ever used to before. They're leaving the walled garden of Facebook and realizing there is an internet outside it, mm. um, which is 
in and of itself quite interesting. I think um, there are some health tech stuff that's going to be very interesting, genomic testing. Um, I think um, the rise of, um, uh, uh, I think, I don't know exactly the, the word, but it's, there's a lot of stuff around mushrooms right now. I know this sounds crazy, but cannabis and mushrooms and psilocybins, um, yeah, those kind of things. But I think um, there are a lot of interesting things happening around food. Mm. Um, I think I, I actually have – I'm on a campaign about trying to become vegan right now. And so, there's these meat replacement companies. I'd be long on those mm. as well. Beyond Meat's probably a little bit too crazy with its valuation right now, but mm. let's put that to the side. I think there are other more conservative ways you can get exposure to those kind of things. Um, I am uh, – you know, I think there are tried and tested businesses out there still that are going to make – you know, money in all sorts of ways and just continuing to back them. I think Microsoft's a great company. It's continuously making money. People don't back Apple. Apple's an all-time high. You know. See, Apple aren't in Asia as much as Microsoft. Right. And I don't know if Apple will get in there, Johnny. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think the thing that everyone, you know, you got to remember about Apple is it's hard to leave. Oh, you're it's, freaking... You, you're locked. I'm like I use Apple Music. I like I use a Windows tab like uh, Surface laptop here because I'm more efficient mm-hmm. to use a Windows yeah computer. But I mean I'm in the Apple ecosystem. Yep, and yeah. I'm not going. Yeah, and 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 they didn't make their phone that much better. But I'm like I don't want a green text message most of the time with my friends. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Stop I, texting me. I junk left. Here. I left them six <laughs> years ago because I felt trapped. Like what are you rolling? Are you Apple iPhone? I'm an iPhone. Uh, I use a Mac MacBook. Um, I don't use my music with Apple. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Mm. Um, I like Spotify better. Um, I actually use pretty much all the Google products on an Apple. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. That's why I'm long long Google and Apple. Mm. 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 Uh, and I'll bookend it with Bonnie Lark. She asks, "What advice would you give someone who's in their twenties?" So, remember the average age of our listeners at 26, 27. What advice would you give them to build their wealth? Um, take uh, 50% of your income, put it into an account and start to buy good companies that are going to last for 10 years and buy as much as you possibly can. So, you're adverse to index investing by saying that? Yeah, I well, I guess I grew up when there wasn't really those kind of things yeah, around. True, true. Um, so I kind of I like to know the companies I'm buying. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm pretty agnostic to the index slash active thing. I I don't do individual stocks myself because I just can't be bothered. To yep. be frank, it's too much drama. Yep. But I guess from what you're saying, to be extreme, like fifty percent of your income. Yep. That's some lifestyle adjustments, Johnny. Which means you need to stay at home as long as you can to save that money. Yeah, or or figure out ways to reduce your expenses to being insanely low. Because that's basically what... There's only one of way... To, two ways you can save money is earn more, spend less, mm-hmm. right? So, 50% is a massive so, chunk, but it's maybe what people need to hear because they go and spend like... Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, and, and in your 20s, if you like... Treat you, your life like a lean startup. 
Yeah. If you're if you're investing 50% of your income in your 20s, think about how much it's going to be worth in your 30s. Yeah. But think about the habits you're setting as your income grows. Right. Yep. 100%. It, it's, it's, and I think that's what I tried to do. I don't think I hit that level, but if you can't. Yeah. But I mean, okay, it's cute to say 50%. Absolutely. Love it. But Bonnie, you might be like, well, that's hilarious. Not going to mm. happen. Let's start with start five. With, yeah, start with five. Let's ten. start with, like, let's yeah. ratchet it up. Yeah, I, th- I just think you can just, like, be... Uh, I have this thing, I learned it from Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you yeah, are I, a fan. Yeah, I just read his book, yeah. I, I haven't read his book. I saw him live. I saw, um, In Sydney here? Yeah, yeah. And, and it rocked me. Yep. Um, and I asked him, what, I actually went to a VIP event and I got to ask him a question. I said, how do you go from being successful to extraordinarily successful? And that's an interesting question, right? Because, you know, you, obviously everyone is successful in their right, but they want to become more. Like what are the things and mm. the practices you need to do? And one of the things he said was, take a, a piece of paper and write, and, and write a list of five things right now that you could stop doing to be more successful, to go and achieve your goals. Just off the top of your head, five mm. things. So one thing is, uh, you know, I stopped drinking. I don't drink. I've, I haven't drunk anything in 15 months. That's a, you know, it's a quite a long time. I'm talking zero. I just thought that's not constructive. I just become tired. Like mm. it's just not adding. It's costing me money, you know, as an example. Then on the other side, write five things to start doing right now to become more successful. Mm. Just what would do, what would be better? You know, I should just go to bed earlier and buy an hour or I'm going to stop watching Netflix. I'm just going to cancel my subscription. Like it sounds extreme, but well, you know, I only just watch Breaking Bad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they have little Nokia's in there and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, but if like if you want to change, something's got to change. Yeah, that's right, and that's the key there. If if you want to change, like how do you define success? Yeah, I, I, I think that just so this is very interesting. Um, you know, people say, "Oh, I need to find a purpose," or you know, in my life, I actually have a hack to that. Um, and this is what I've used is just make something up. Yeah. Like you want to, you want to buy a Porsche and own it outright. Mm. Fun. That's your goal. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Write that down. You're dedicated. Now, what are five things you can do right now? Stop doing and five things you can start doing right now to go and get that. Or Mm. you want to make $10 million cash in your bank. That's Mm. it. You don't want to buy an investments or anything. You just want to have $10 million in cash. All right. Right now, what are you going to do? Yeah. I think that's... It doesn't actually matter. Setting something. You know, the whole successful thing, I was thinking about this later, we've got to actually, uh, before saying, what does success mean to you, you've got to actually add one word and I think it's, what does relative success to you look like? Mm. Because there could be someone listening who's very, very, very happy and content working, earning $70,000 a year and loves life. Loves it. How do we optimize and game that for them to be relative successful yep. in their world. Yeah. And and I think that's great. Because I, I, I can't yeah. I can't earn I can't make a company, you know, turning over a billion dollars and have a two hundred million dollar net worth because I don't care for it that much. It might happen one day. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. But my goal right now is to help as many Australians get better with their money and get kids from their teens into the early twenties without any consumer debt. That's my goal. I think it's fantastic. And I think that's exactly, exactly, we should celebrate that. I think it's great. Yeah. And I'm having two we're just cars not going while I do the, it. We're yeah. not going to the pub, bro, to celebrate. <laughs> no. Well, I'll, I'll drink a, a... I don't know, I can go to the pub, I don't mind. You know, yeah. I just, um, you know, I drink more, I just drink sparkling water mm, and, yeah. you know, it's just decisions I made 
um, because I'm committed to my goal. Yeah, and it's it's a long game, isn't it? Like you you set years ago that you're going to have chunks of money that you put away and you drip feed your, your, your life and you're still doing that today regardless of what's coming in. You're still applying that same theory. Mm. Mm. It's great. Hey, Fred, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. And Unbelievable, I speak Fred. on behalf of the M3 community. Mm. They're all going to love it. And I've been encouraged, been challenged. I've loosely worked out before that it might be a $2,000 an hour worth of his time, conservatively. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks for giving me a couple of grand. Send us invoice. Um, <laughs> and I would love to speak to your marketing team. <laughs> thank you, Fred. Oh, it was thank, a pleasure. Thank you, John. Thank you, Glenn. You guys, seriously, I love, love your mission and what you're doing. And you guys, you know, keep listening, keep subscribing. This is, this is where it's at. Money supports A21. A21 is a non profit organization that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash AU. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click Get Help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.